Say this with me. This morning, in the name of Jesus, I exalt the Lord above everything that I've been going through. It's under my feet. In Jesus' name. It cannot raise itself up above the authority in Jesus' name. And I have that authority. And I I express that authority right now by saying, Satan, remain under my feet. That's where you belong. In Jesus' name. And give the Lord a good shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Shake hands with two or three people and you can be seated. Praise God. We exalt the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Welcome to the service this morning, everyone that's present here and all of you that are watching by live stream. We welcome you. You know, there's a lot of people all over the world that watch these services. And uh, what, a, what a blessing that is to be able to touch other lives all over the world, right here from Crowley, Texas. As we say in Texas, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> Amen. I remember several years ago, Brother Copeland asked me during the uh, Southwest Believers Convention, he said, if I'd have told you 40 years ago that we got 20,000 people watching this convention on their telephone, what would you have thought? I said, no way. Who, who would have thought we would have been able to watch meetings taking place all over the world on a little phone we can put in our pocket? Amen. We praise God for the modern technology and uh, all things were made by and for him. It's to get the gospel out to masses of people so we can bring Jesus back. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hallelujah. Anybody leaving town for Christmas? All right. Well, have a safe trip. And the rest of you, uh, enjoy your time here with your family and friends. And and, uh, we pray that it'll be a a glorious time for you. Praise God. Amen. You know, we celebrate traditionally the birth of Jesus at Christmas. And there's another person who was born right around Christmas. And his name also starts with a J. There's something special about that. You know, Jesus, Jerry. I was born 1130 p.m. December the 24th. I almost made Christmas Day. So next Sunday, next Sunday, New Year's Eve, I'll be 77 years old. Praise God. Amen. And I have recently discovered 77 is a wonderful number. It is symbolic of perfection. It is symbolic of completion. It is symbolic of spiritual progress. Hallelujah. Man, I'm having a, I'm having a good time already and it's not even my birthday yet. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Let's open our Bibles first of all this morning to Ecclesiastes chapter three. Ecclesiastes chapter three. 
A few weeks ago, uh, Eric, Joe, and I were in Canada doing meetings. And uh, several times during those meetings, I experienced uh, time with the Lord, special time. I was awakened one morning at 2.02 a.m., and the Lord gave me a prophetic word for that service. And it happened several times during the course of those meetings. And one of the things the Lord said to us was that 2024 would not only be, as we've already talked about it here in this church, uh, a time of progression, advancement, promotion, highest expectations being fulfilled. But he also said in that meeting that it would be a time, a, a time of, of a season rather, a season for new blessings. A season for new blessings. Now I've experienced seasons of blessings many times. And uh, this year has been a wonderful time. We have uh, certainly experienced the prophetic word for 2023, which was maximum, expecting maximum results, highest level attainable. And uh, we've experienced that this year. In fact, the month of December this year, uh, we, we just, our financial records, financial income, are just off the charts, praise God. And I thank God for it. I thank God for the, for the uh, manifestation of, of the promise of his word and the fulfillment of it. And uh, I'm always expecting him to do what he said he would do. And so I've already got my faith out for 2024 that I am progressing, I'm advancing, I am experiencing promotion, and my highest expectations shall be fulfilled. Anybody else going there with me? Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's include with that a season of new blessings, a season of new blessings. Now, what could God possibly have in store that we haven't already experienced? Well, I'm quite sure that none of us in here have experienced everything that God has in store for us. You know, the word says we've shared this scripture many times in the past. I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. I'll ask the question again. How many in here love God? So that means you haven't seen all that God has in store for you. You, you may have had some good times, some good years, some good seasons in your life, but uh, you haven't seen it all. I, I believe the best is yet to come. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter three and verse one. I'm sure you're all familiar with it. To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. The Good News Bible says everything that happens in this world happens at the time God chooses. Everything happens at the time that God chooses. Uh, one commentary made this statement. God orders the events which occur and, if, and he, causes the, if, he causes different, let me restate that. You should try to read my handwriting when I'm writing fast. <laughs> you should try to read my handwriting when I'm reading slow. <laughs> you know? uh, writing slow anyway. 
One commentary said, God orders the events which occur at different times and seasons. And the word order implies brings into conformity with his will. Brings into conformity with his will. So God is in charge of the times and the seasons. Would you agree with that? Now, once again, in this meeting in Canada recently, he said in 2024, you will enter into a new season of blessings, a new season of blessings. If you're taking notes, write that down. In 2024, I will enter into a new season of blessings. Now, an example of a season of blessings is found in the book of Leviticus chapter 25. Turn there with me very quickly. Leviticus chapter 25. This season of blessing that's recorded here is referred to as the year of Jubilee, the year of Jubilee. And it occurred on the 50th year. It was God's way of, of providing for the people, even though they had continually broken covenant, continually been disobedient, continually uh, went their own way instead of choosing the way that God had planned for them. But God being a loving God wanted to bless them in spite of all of that. And so he established what he called the year of Jubilee or uh, another way of putting it is the year of liberty. And it says in Leviticus chapter 25 that uh, verses eight through 10, if you'll read them, I I won't read them uh, for the sake of time, but you can read them for yourself. It says that during this year of Jubilee, that some of the blessings that they were to experience were, number one, freedom from bondage, restoration of everything that had been taken from them, their family members returning and being reunited, all oppression removed, great gain would come to them, just to name a few of the blessings. And then in verse 18, it says, and ye shall dwell in the land in safety, Uh, The message translation says you will live secure, meaning free from everything that's happening around you. That sounds like a a wonderful way to live, doesn't it? And this was a season of blessings for God's people. And notice it was God and God alone who established it. Why? Because God is in charge of the seasons and the times. Amen. Amen. Now I've enjoyed... Uh, times and seasons over the last 54 years. Come February, I'll enter into my 55th year of ministry. And I've I've experienced many times over the last 54 years, seasons of blessings that that preceded anything I'd experienced before. One such time was in 1981. I mean, it was a a marvelous year. Uh, We had gone through a lot of things uh, earlier that year, a lot of financial attacks on the ministry and, and uh, <clears throat> the Lord even said, uh, your ministry is experiencing financial famine. But in October, I experienced a visitation of the Lord while I was preaching Brother Copeland in, in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And he said, I'm gonna reveal to you the keys that will not only bring you out of this famine, but will bring the body of Christ out if they'll obey it. And he gave me a message that I entitled, or he entitled, uh, Sowing in Famine. And I preached it that night in uh, Charlotte. 
and there were major breakthroughs that took place. I'm still getting testimonies to this day of people who said that that, that sermon uh, that October uh, was life-changing for them. And they had experienced some of the greatest breakthroughs they'd ever experienced. Well, we did. I mean, by, before the end of the year was up, I mean, God had, had done major things in our life, turned the finances and the ministry completely around. And uh, it was one of those seasons of blessing, praise God. And over the years, we've enjoyed uh, continued success. And, uh, <clears throat> and particularly once COVID hit in 2020, you would think that when COVID hit, that like the rest of the world, everything would, you know, fall apart and go down the tube and so forth. But it didn't happen to us. In fact, 2020 was a record-breaking year. 2021, we broke all those records in 2020. And it's been that way ever since, praise God. And so now God is saying, get ready to enter into a new season of blessings. Man, I can hardly wait. In fact, I'm not going to wait. I'm already enjoying it already. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And it's for everybody in here, not just for me. And the only difference between me and perhaps some of you, and I, and I, I hope this is not true, but you know, many times it, 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 it happens that way. The only difference between me and other people sometimes, uh, I believe it. Some of them are wondering about it. Some of them won't let go of what's happened to them in the past. And so they try to drag it into their future. Let go of the past. Amen. Amen. Let go of the past. No matter what's happened in the past, just lock into this. This is going to be my new season of blessing. 2024 is my new season of blessing. I'm going to progress. I'm going to advance. I'm going to experience promotion. My highest expectation shall be fulfilled. Say it every day. Say it several times a day. Keep it in front of you, praise God. Did we ever get those, those uh, cards printed? We have them now? Well, everybody should have one. Where, where are they? Oh, they had to redo them again. They cut them wrong. Shame on that publishing company. But nevertheless, we've got it in our heart. Amen. Once you get that little bookmark with all this on it, keep it in front of you. Declare it, decree it every day. Amen. Don't, don't forget about it. Don't just say, oh, hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? And then you never think about it again. Amen. I keep it before me all the time. Now I have one of the the older cards that didn't have all of it on there, but I keep it in my notebook. So I can, I can keep it before me. 2024, progressing, advancing. We didn't have promotion in there. That's where it's being reprinted. Seeing your highest expectations fulfilled. That's the reason I have these printed so that uh, you can keep it before you, write the vision, make it plain, the Bible says. And when you do that, then it's more likely that you'll experience it than those who don't do it. Amen. There's a reason why God said, write the vision. He didn't say that because he couldn't think of anything else to say. People who write the vision and keep it before them are more likely to see it fulfilled than those who don't. 
So I like, I like what God says being fulfilled in my life. So I write the vision, praise God. Amen. Amen. Now notice once again, everything that happens in this world happens at the time God chooses. So during this, this time of, of, of uh, this season called uh, the year of Jubilee, then there were great blessings that the people experienced. Verse 18 once again said, and ye shall dwell in the land in safety. You will live secure no matter what's happening in, in, in areas around you and in the world around you. It doesn't have to happen to you when you're in a season of blessing. Can you say amen? amen. Say this with him. My season of blessing season will include, will include freedom, freedom from all bondage. From all bondage. It, will it will include family members returning, family being, members reunited. being reunited. I'm hanging on to that one, praise God. I got family members that I want reunited. Hallelujah. Amen. And then other things that we mentioned there earlier. So hold fast to that, praise God. Now, we, we, as I mentioned, we as a ministry have experienced the fulfillment of what the Lord said in 2023. Of course, we're still in 2023 and we're still holding fast to that. It's not over yet, praise God. Amen. I don't know, once I hear the prophetic word for the, for the coming new year, I, I jump into it. I, 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 take a, I take a leap into it. I want to get a head start. And I ask the Lord every year when he gives me the prophetic word. I would appreciate it if you'd cause this to come to pass in my life and ministry so that when I take it to the rest of the world, it will have validity. And that's exactly what's happening right now. Praise God. Amen. Now, <clears throat> let me say this. A new season of blessings would include promotion. 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 Everybody say promotion. promotion. That's what I want to talk to you about specifically in this service today. This season of blessing, of new blessings, will include promotion. And let me point out once again that it's not you and I who determines these seasons. It's God and God alone who does so. Now, I wouldn't even be talking about it if I hadn't heard it from God. Amen. Okay? Yes, now, the, the, the prophetic ministry uh, has, as part of it, being a mouthpiece for God. In the Old Testament, the prophets spoke in God's behalf. In the New Testament, it's the same way. Now, there, there are many prophets in the land today. Prophets haven't ceased to exist, as some people might say. You know, Paul wrote that there were five major offices of ministry. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Amen. So that prophetic ministry is still a vital part of, of, of the body of Christ in the earth today. I didn't choose it. I was happy being an evangelist. And then God added the teaching ministry. And I love teaching. That's one of my favorite things. If, I, if, if, if that's all God did in my ministry was anoint me to teach, I'd be a happy camper because I love teaching. But he added the office of the apostle when I began to establish works all over the world. That's what an apostle does. You know, uh, 
another word for apostle is missionary. That's what missionaries do. They establish works in other parts of the world. And then back in 1991, through, through Brother Copeland and later Brother Hagan and then later Oral Roberts and then later T.L. Osborne, my four mentors, all said that God was moving me into a new dimension of ministry. And it, it included uh, the office of the seer, which is part of the prophetic ministry. And I don't go around prophesying every time I open my mouth. I don't have a word for everybody. Thank God. But from time to time, the Lord will give me a prophetic word. Just like in Canada, it seemed like every meeting. Uh, when I'd go back to my room, I'd just, I'd just be awakened by the Lord in the middle of the night. And, and I'd write down what he'd say. And it, it was a prophetic word, not only for that church, but for the body of Christ. Amen. And one of those, one of those uh, uh, prophetic utterances was a season of new blessings, a new season of blessings. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm, I'm speaking, and I say this as humbly as I can, I'm speaking in God's behalf this morning. Amen. Okay. That's what he told me to tell you. A new season of blessings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you will receive it? Praise God. Amen. Now, Everything that happens in this world happens at the time God chooses. There are other verses in the Bible that refer to a season as an appointed time. An appointed time. Another verse refers to it as a set time. For instance, Psalm 102 verse 13 says that there is a set time for the favor of God. It said the set time is come. And they experienced it at that set time. And only God can arrange this. But when he does, when, he's, when he decides that it's time for something new, no devil can stop it. Amen. Amen. No devil can stop it. For example, in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, the apostle Paul said, but when the fullness of time was come. That's another, that's another way of saying it. A set time, an appointed time, a season. And there it's, here it says, in the fullness of time. When the fullness of time was come, it says, God sent his son. The Amplified Bible says, at the proper time. The message says, when the time arrived that was set by God. Notice, when God said it's time, then he sent forth his son. When the time was right, Jesus came into the earth. When the time was right, Jesus went to the cross. When the time was right, he was raised from the dead. When the time is right, he's coming back for us, praise God. Amen. And only God can set those times. Now, you know, a lot of times we'd like to have the ability to set the times. Sometimes we think God's taking too much time. You mean I'm the only one in here who ever thought that? You know, if I was God, I would have chosen to do it a little quicker. But I'm not God. And he knows best and he knows the right time. He knows the perfect time. 
He knows when that appointed time should manifest, praise God. So I want to just keep uh, emphasizing this, that it's God who determines these things, not Jerry Savelle, not Kenneth Copeland, and not some prophet who's been self-appointed, okay? It's God who sets these times. Now, here's what it says in the book of Daniel, chapter two and verse 24. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth the kings and he setteth up kings. That just simply means God is in charge. When he decides that it's time for something new, then he does it and he doesn't have to ask our permission about doing it. Amen. Amen. The message translation says, he knows all, he does all, he changes seasons, and he guides history. One commentary states, he directs paths through unexplored territory. I love that. He directs the paths through unexplored territory. It's quite possible that you and I in 2024 are headed for some unexplored territory. Some, some places we've never been before regarding the blessings of God on our life. Amen. I'm ready to go there. Anybody else ready to go with me? It's been the story of my life. I, uh, I've been describing my life for 54 years now as adventures in faith. And it's been one adventure after another. And now I'm ready for a new adventure. Anybody ready for a new adventure? Tell somebody, I'm entering into a new season of blessings. Can you say amen? amen? All right. So no devil is capable of stopping a new season, an appointed time, a set time when God decides it's time for it. Amen. And so I'm hearing him say, tell the people, get ready. 2024, a new season of blessings. Amen. Hallelujah. As I mentioned, there, there are indicators along the way that something is about to happen. You know, uh, I think all of you would agree with everything that's going on in the world around us right now is certainly indicating by Bible prophecy that we could possibly be the generation that will usher in King Jesus. With everything that's happening around the world right now, amen? We could be the, 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 the group that Paul talked about, amen, that will experience the catching away of the saints. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to that event. Amen. But between now and that event, God's got some other things in store. Amen. So let's just enjoy every season. Amen. That's what I like about living in Texas. We get to experience all the seasons. Amen. I mean, dear Lord, some places I go, they got one season, I think. Hot. Another place I go, they got one season, I think, cold. But we never know in Texas. 
It'll be cold one day, hot the next. Rainy one day and sunshine the next. Short sleeves one day and fur coats the next. Amen. Just enjoy every season. Amen. Every season. Praise God. That's the reason why you buy stuff that fits the season. See, I'm in the season of Christmas. That's the reason I got this red jacket on. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I probably won't wear it this summer. Look, it's not made for summer. (laughs) Amen. I'm a seasonal guy. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm entering into a new season of blessings. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's just enjoy every season that God has in store for us. And then someday, like the old hymn, some glad morning when this life is o'er, we will fly away. Amen. Hallelujah. And no devil will be able to stop that from happening. Amen. So Isaiah chapter 42, verse nine, behold, the former things are come to pass and new things do I declare. New things do I declare. And before they spring forth, I will tell you of them. That's what he's doing right now. It goes on to say in verse 10, sing unto the Lord a new song. Verse 11 says, let them shout from the top of the mountains. And verse 12 says, let them give glory unto the Lord. What I hear him saying in these verses is, I've declared it's time for a new thing. Now, begin to speak about it, begin to rejoice over it, and begin to expect it to happen. Amen? Amen. God is declaring a new thing is on the horizon. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. When we, when we gather together, come through the door talking about, are you ready for the new thing? Are you ready for the new season? Are you ready for progression? Are you ready for advancement? Are you ready for promotion? Are you ready for your highest expectations to be fulfilled? Aren't you getting ready for this new season of blessing? Hallelujah. Talk about it everywhere you go. Amen. Expect it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now verse 23 says this in Isaiah 42. Who among you will give ear to this? I'm asking that question to you this morning. How many of you in here will give ear to this this morning? Amen. It also said, who will hearken and hear for the time to come? In other words, God's talking about something that's coming. Who will hear it? Who will hearken to it? In other words, who will, will lay hold upon it, begin decreeing it, and expect it until it comes to pass? Amen. Hallelujah. If you will hear it, and if you will believe it, then you will experience it. Hallelujah. The new season of blessing that is coming your way. Hallelujah. Now, let's, let's thank God for what he's already done. Amen. Don't ever cease to thank God for what he's already done. But I learned a long time ago that one of the greatest expressions of faith is to thank God in advance for what you believe he's about to do. So when we take a few moments here to just thank God in advance for what we believe he's about to do. Can you do that? Hallelujah. 
Has anybody got a shout over what God's about to do? Glory to God. Now, let me encourage you. Don't wait until you come to church to have somebody instruct you to do that. Practice it at home. If you practice it at home, it won't be so hard to do when you come to church. Hallelujah. Amen. You'll become a seasoned veteran. Hallelujah. Now, 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. I read a a number of years ago and I wrote it down and uh, I remembered it this morning. I don't remember who said it, but I, I do remember reading it a number of years ago talking about promotion. It said true promotion is is the act of moving closer and closer to God's perfect will for your life. True promotion is the act of moving closer and closer to God's perfect will for your life. And where do we find the perfect will of God? In his word. And here in 3 John 2, it says, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. So would you agree with me that prosperity and success and good health is indeed the perfect will of God? Amen. Amen. Contrary to what religious thinking or a religious tradition says, we we allow the word of God in this church, we allow the word of God to be final authority. Amen. Amen. So it is certainly the will of God that we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Now the Amplified Bible says that you may prosper in every way, every way. Now that could be some new uh, territory. Maybe you've prospered in certain ways, but not in every way. Anybody interested in prospering in every way? That, that may be some of this uh, new territory. You know, I, I remember when I first began to learn these things back in 1969, it seemed like uh, when I heard about, you know, heard the sermons preached about uh, Jesus going to Calvary and Jesus becoming our substitute and, and he was made sin that we might enjoy divine health. It seemed like I, I just grabbed hold of that real quick. And, and even though uh, Satan tried to take it, take it from me, the Bible says once the word is sown, Satan cometh immediately. I mean, I had heard that. I, I, I even went in to the room where Carolyn was at the time and I said, Carolyn, did you know we're healed by the stripes of Jesus? She said, yes, I, I've known that all my life. Yeah, I, she'd heard that preached all her life. I hadn't. I didn't know that. And, uh, and so I said, well, from this day forward, uh, I, I believe I'm going to live in divine health. And it wasn't three days. I had all the symptoms of the flu. <laughs> and, and I thought, well, I guess this is not the way I thought it was. Mm-hmm. It was Satan trying to steal the word. He comes yeah. immediately to try to steal the word. Yes. And then it hit me. I said, uh, I'm laying there with all these symptoms of the flu and, and I'm listening to a reel-to-reel tape of Kenneth Copeland's. And he talked about 
how that Satan attacked his body and, and he was in bed because of it. And one day the Lord said to him, healed men don't lay in bed this time of day. He said, that's right. So he got up. I mean, he had to force himself to get up and start walking the floor and declaring that he was healed. Well, I just, I just listened to that. I was listening to it at the time. I'm in the bed with all these symptoms of the flu. And I said, well, that's right. Healed men don't lay in bed this time of day. So I forced myself to get up and walk the floor just like I heard him do and begin to confess the word. And after a while, all the symptoms left, praise God. So what was that? Satan trying to steal the word. And you've all experienced that in one way or the other. But it seemed like to me, I was having a harder time believing that God could bless me financially. I mean, how's he going to do that without me making it happen with my own hands? Because I had shut my business down preparing for full-time ministry. And how's God going to do that? And so uh, I said, well, Lord, I want to trust you. I want to believe that you can be my source of supply, but I just don't know how to go about doing it. And it wasn't long after that, Oral Roberts had this primetime television special and he announced one night that uh, he had just written a new book and if anybody would write and ask him for it, he'd send it to us free. I told Carolyn, here's one we can afford to get the address. And we wrote for it and got that little book in the mail and it was called The Miracle of Seed Faith. And uh, that book changed my life. I learned how to make God my source. I could sow my way out of debt. I could sow my way out of lack. Amen. And it changed my life. And, and uh, I wasn't struggling as much anymore as how God could, could bless me financially because I'd learned the Bible key to it. Amen. I could sow my way out of any situation. And that's what began happening. Amen. So we, we learned how to believe God for finances in our life. And uh, it certainly wasn't at the level that we are at today, but we were progressing. Amen. The more word we put into our heart, the more we acted on it, Amen. then the more results we saw. And we continue to do so. And I've continued to live that way for 54 years now. And God has honored it. And he's no respecter of persons. He'll honor the word in the life of anybody who'll dare put it to work in their life. Amen. Amen. But notice here that you may prosper in every way. I was prospering in some ways, but not in every way. Well, I've got a new vision. Come on. I said, I got a new vision. Yeah. I'm entitled to prosper in every way. Yeah. That, that says to me, uh, God's intention is that we not win a few, lose a few, win every time, praise God. Yeah. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I intend, I intend. during this season of blessing season. to prosper in every way, every way, every way, hallelujah, every way, hang on to that, praise God. You're going to need it. Now the message translation says that good fortune in everything you do, good fortune in everything you do, that your everyday affairs will prosper. Hallelujah. How would you like to prosper every day <laughs> in everything you do? 
Well, we not, may not all be there right now, but this is setting the course for our 2024. Yeah. That's what we're believing. Yeah. Our highest expectations being fulfilled. I'm believing that I'm going to prosper, not in some ways, but in every way. Hallelujah. Prospering every way and prospering in everything you do sounds like promotion to me. Can anybody agree with that? Hallelujah. And that's what we can expect in this new season of blessing. And it's my prayer that it will happen to everyone in this service today. Now, don't look to man for promotion. It may come from man from time to time, but true promotion comes from God. The Bible says in Psalm 75, verse six and seven, from the Passion Translation, the favor that brings promotion doesn't come from anywhere on the earth. For no one exalts a person but God, the true judge of all. He alone determines where favor rests. Hallelujah. He alone determines where true favor rests. Now the King James Version for that, Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7 says, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one, and he raiseth up another. So this is saying that God is the source of real lasting promotion. The word rendered, uh, the, the word used here in the original rendered promotion is to raise up and to lift up. It's God who raises up. Here it says, he, he, he puts down one, raises up another. To raise up or to lift up. And these verses imply that it's best when it comes from God and God alone not through natural advantage. I've, I've shared the story with you in the past, but it comes to my thinking right now. Uh, when I was working as an associate minister with Brother Copeland, back when we first moved to Fort Worth, and, uh, and he began having me teach in the day services. And uh, we, would, we would go to meetings here in Fort Worth where Brother Hagan would be preaching. And Brother Hagan was one of Brother Copeland's mentors along with Oral Roberts and became one of my mentors. And in those early days when we were here, Brother Hagan would come here and do a meeting at Bob Nichols Church, Calvary uh, Church. And it was located on Berry Street at that time. And uh, Brother Copeland's office was just across the street from it. And Brother Hagan would come and uh, the church at Pastor Bob Nichols had at the time, had been at one time a post office and he turned it into a church. And so we always looked forward to when Brother Hagen would come. And uh, we'd, we'd just sit there just with our mouths open like little birds, you know, waiting to, to be fed. And it was glorious. I just couldn't get enough. And then there were times when Brother Copeland say, uh, we're gonna go uh, hear Brother Hagen in such and such town. And, and usually I traveled everywhere Brother Copeland went. Very few times he went without me. And so we'd go uh, to where Brother Hagan was preaching. Or sometimes Brother Hagan and his wife would come to a meeting that Brother Copeland was doing. And, and I had not met Kenneth Hagan. 
And I wanted to meet him, but I wanted God to make it happen. Okay. Cause when God makes it happen, it's a lot better. And so, uh, after the service, uh, brother Copeland, brother Hagen would engage in conversation and I'd be standing right next to brother Copeland holding his Bible. And they'd just be talking, going back and forth over scripture and so forth. And uh, Brother Copeland had told me before they started this conversation, I want to introduce you to Brother Hagin. I said, okay. So I'm sitting there waiting for him to introduce me to Brother Hagin. And somehow he forgot. They said their goodbyes and we went our way. And I never met Brother Hagin. That happened three times. I stood there. You know, I'm not going to force myself into it. The Bible says, I learned this before I even moved to Fort Worth. A man's gift makes room for him, brings him before great men. So I was, I was, I was believing that my gift would make room for me, that it wouldn't have to come from natural means or from, you know, just happened to be, you know, with Brother Copeland and he knew Brother Hagen, you know. And so I'd just stand there. Mind my own business. Of course, I'm listening to the conversation and, and confessing under my breath. I will remember everything they say and I'll write it down as soon as I get back to my room. You know, that's what I did. And so three times that happened. And each time after we'd leave, Brother Cobb said, I forgot to introduce you to Brother Hagin. And I wanted to say, yes, you did. You, three times now you forgot to introduce me to Brother Hagin. But I didn't say a word. Just... Went on about my business. And then one time, uh, I'm preaching in Tulsa at Buddy Harrison Church. And when they introduced me and turned, me, turned the service over to me, Brother Hagen and his wife were sitting on the, on the front row. I was shocked. <laughs> Kenneth Hagen has come to hear me. Then I thought, oh dear God, what could I possibly say that he don't know? <laughs> you know, I mean... What could I possibly say this man doesn't already know? And then I realized, you know, I'm not preaching to him necessarily. I'm preaching to this congregation. Maybe they don't know this. And so after the service, he came up to me and he said, uh, I really enjoyed your message tonight. I got something out of that. I thought, you got something out of something I said? I'm going to have to go get the tape and see what I said. <laughs> And then Aretha, his wife, spoke up and said, he, get, he always gets something out of your teaching. I said, they must have been talking about me at their house. How would she know he always gets something out of my teaching? Boy, that really blessed me. So it was God who arranged that. Then the next time I was with him in a meeting, Brother Copeland, myself, and Brother Hagen were preaching in Anaheim. And after I preached uh, this one service, man, the power of God hit that place. People started getting up out of wheelchairs. I mean, I mean, it was a glorious meeting. Then I realized it's time for Brother Hagin, and I just shut it down. I said, let's welcome Brother Hagin. And he came out there, and he said, if there's any one thing I've learned in my years in the ministry, when to preach and when not to, he said, this is one of them not to moments. Jerry, uh, Brother Jerry, the anointing's on you. Just continue. So he just gave me his time. And then afterwards, he said, you're one of the rising stars in the charismatic movement. And God's told me to give you, he called it a spiritual shot of penicillin. 
I want you to come preach at my camp meeting. Now, God made that happen. And while I was preaching at his camp meeting, T.L. Osborne and Daisy Osborne were in the audience. And after I got through preaching, they met me at the foot of the uh, platform and said, you and your wife are going home with us today. I said, we are. Now, this is, this is the man I learned everything I know about world evangelism from. And I'd never met him before. I just read his books. I watched films of his crusades. And now he's asking Carolyn and I to go home with him. He and Daisy. And we spent the day with him. And boy, did I ever learn some wonderful things. Notice how promotion came from God. Brother Hagen and I became close friends. Uh, Brother Osborne and I became close friends. Same thing happened with me with Oral Roberts. I mean, I always wanted to meet Oral Roberts. He was the man I was watching when I was not quite 11 years old when I heard the call of God. And I always wanted to someday just walk up to him and if I had the opportunity and, and say, thank you, sir, for not compromising. I'm in the ministry today because I heard the call of God watching you when I was a young boy. Well, one night in Charlotte, North Carolina, Brother Copeland was supposed to close out the last service. And he said, the Lord told me to tell Jerry to close it out. And I, I preached that message on sowing and famine. And uh, after I preached it, Brother Copeland told Terry, his daughter, she was the TV director at that time, put this message Jerry just preached on, the, on our television broadcast just as soon as you can do it. So in just a matter of a few weeks, it came out on his Sunday program. And little did I know, Oral and Evelyn Roberts were in their home watching it on Sunday. On Monday morning, we get a call from Oral Roberts' secretary, Ruth Rooks. Brother Roberts uh, saw Jerry Savelle preach on Kenneth Copeland's broadcast yesterday, and he wants him to be in his office this morning. Can I tell him you will come? I thought, who tells Oral Roberts no, you know? <laughs> so I flew up to Oral Roberts, O-R-U, and finally found out where his office was. And, and when I walked in, he said, come here, my brother. I've been wanting to meet you for a long time. I turned around to see who else come in the moon. <laughs> and nobody else was there but Ruth. I said, you want to, you've been wanting to meet me for a long time? I thought, that's my line. I've been wanting to meet you for a long time. He said, no, I heard that you heard the call of God when you were a young boy watching me on television. He said, come here. And he just embraced me and took me into his office and, and said, uh, I told Evelyn, while watching you preach on Kenneth Copeland's broadcast yesterday, it's time for us to develop a relationship with this young man. He said, that's why you're here. And, you know, the rest is history. Served on his board for 20 years. We did become close friends, traveled together in different meetings. That was all promotion from God. Amen. Amen. I've never had to make it happen myself. I just believed what God said. A man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. Amen. So notice real lasting promotion comes from God. How many of you want real lasting promotion? And notice, once again, it says that it doesn't come from the north or the west or the east or the south, but it comes from God. He has the ability to raise up. He has the ability to bring down. 
So real promotion comes from God. Now, one of the things that, that we're entitled to as covenant people is promotion. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 13 makes this statement. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath. The New English Testament says, you'll always end up on top. You'll always end up on top. That's promotion. And notice it's in the blessings of the covenant. And the Bible says, according to Galatians chapter three, that if you belong to Christ, then you are heirs according to the promise, the promise that God made to Abraham. Amen. And so we are heirs according to the promise. And the promise includes promotion from God. He'll make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I love that. He says, you will always end up on top. Hallelujah. How many of you want to end up on top? You may not be there right now, but if you hold fast to the word, God will cause you to be on top, be on top in every situation. That sounds like to me, promotion. And notice once again, where it comes from, the Lord shall make thee. The Lord shall make thee. Everybody say that. The Lord shall make me. And notice also in verse 12, if you have your Bibles open there, when God uh, is promoting, then it says, you shall lend and thou shall not borrow. Amen. You'll become the lender instead of the borrower. Praise God. That was one of the greatest days of my life when I became the lender and not the borrower. Glory to God. Because that's all I knew growing up. That's all I knew. My dad borrowed and borrowed and borrowed and take all year to pay it off and then borrow again. When I, when I started college in 1964, dad didn't have the money to send me to college. I really didn't want to go. I just wanted to work on cars, but dad wanted me to go. He said, get an education. And then if you feel like, you know, you want to do this, do it, but it's a hard way to make a living. At least you'll have something to fall back on. So he took me to First National Bank, downtown Shreveport, Louisiana, which was right across the street from the dealership that my dad worked for. And one of his best friends was the vice president of the bank. He's the man who helped my dad stay in debt. His name was Mr. Gaucher. And he, dad took me into the bank and introduced me to Mr. Gaucher. He said, my son wants to go to college. He said, but we need the money uh, to, to, to get him in. And, and Mr. Gaucher said, uh, and I was still living at home. I just graduated from high school. He said, well, well Jerry, what do you have for collateral? Well, the only thing I owned, because I'm living at home, I didn't even own the furniture I was sleeping on. You know, it was my mom and dad's. It was in my room, but they owned it. But the only, day, only thing I owned was my 57 Chevrolet. I said, well, I have a 57 Chevrolet, have the title for it. He said, well, take it. Now that should have given me a clue. <laughs> and they put my 57 Chevrolet up for collateral so that the note, the, the, the note would be paid. And if got behind on it, they'd come get the 57 Chevrolet, you know. So I'm in debt at 18 years old. 
Now, Carolyn didn't grow up that way. Her mom and dad paid cash for everything. And, and if they didn't have it, their attitude was, if we can't pay cash for it, we don't need it. But I didn't know that. I mean, they, they, that's the way they, they lived. In fact, when, they, uh, when Olin, her dad, built the house that she was living in when she and I were growing up, we lived on the same street. They built the garage first and lived in the garage until they could build, get the money to pay to build the rest of the house. That's just the way they lived. So Carolyn didn't know anything about living in debt until she married me. <laughs> Amen. And I borrowed for everything. I borrowed for her car. I borrowed for my truck. I borrowed. We had notes on everything. We had notes on the refrigerator. We had notes on the television. You know, uh, we, were, we were paying $12 a month on a television. Of course, they were set up for the rest of our lives, you know. And, and we, had, we, we was in debt to everything. And then one day I discovered, oh, this wonderful thing called consolidating debts. And this, this, this finance company would consolidate all your debts and then put them together and you'd have one payment. And so I went to, it was called Family Finance. And she had a cousin that worked there. He was the president of it. And, and he knew me and he, he consolidated all my debts and turned it into one note. Oh, the freedom of only having one note. I still had all the other, you know, debt, but one note. And then one day I got this bright idea. I can afford something else now. <laughs> I just, I, it just became a vicious cycle. I just got in debt again, and debt again, and debt again. And then Kenneth Copeland comes along preaching, oh, no man, nothing but to love him. He said, when Gloria and I found that out, we thought that's got to be a misprint. How in the world can you not live in debt? Brother Copeland used to say, Gloria married me and my debts. I knew knew that's exactly where Carolyn came from. You know, married me and my debts. And he said, that's got to be a misprint. Oh, no man, nothing but love. So he went to the Amplified Bible and he said, stay out of debt. (laughs) And they had just made a commitment that whatever they find in the Bible, they were going to do. So he said, Gloria, we made a commitment to God. We'd stay out of debt. So that's what we're going to do. And then he come preaching it. And I thought, how in the world can you do anything without debt? Because I didn't know that lifestyle. But we set our faith to go that way and eventually, praise God, didn't happen overnight, didn't happen in a year or two, but eventually we were debt free and we've been debt free ever since. And it is fun being the lender and not the borrower. Hallelujah. Amen. I've, I've had times where Carol and I have loaned money to people because that's what they said. Uh, would, would you loan this? We're not asking you to give it to us. Would you loan us this and we'll pay you back? And we said, yes, we'd, we'd be happy to do that if, if we were in position to do it. And then, you know, we'd let them pay two or three 
notes on it. And then I'd say, this is your year of Jubilee. And in the year of Jubilee, all debts are canceled. Hallelujah. Amen. All debts are canceled. Amen. That's fun to be the lender and not the borrower. Yes, sir. Now it takes discipline to get there. Now there's a whole lot of things you could do quicker than waiting for God to bring it to you so you can pay cash. You know, we could, we could already have this new campus built if we borrowed the money, but I'm not going to do that. Now I love you. I ain't going in debt for you. Amen. I love you, but I'm not going in debt for you. So just enjoy what you got for until we have all the cash to pay for what we're going to build. Praise God. And God's already, God's done it many times before. And he, and he's not going to stop honoring his word now. Hallelujah. Yes, I will admit, I wish we were already in it, but I'm not going in debt. Hallelujah. And now, since I know that we have entered into a new season of blessings, we're headed for unknown territory, undiscovered territory. I mean, God is capable of just bringing it all in at one time. Hallelujah. I'm not going to put any limitations on God. Amen. I'm not going to put any limitations on God. Hallelujah. So he will make thee. So this is God. God will make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only. Thou shalt not be beneath. The Lord shall make thee. You will lend and not borrow. That's a wonderful way to live. And even though you may not be there right now, set it as a goal. It could be. You don't know. You're not God. You don't know what he's working on behind the scenes. Amen. Amen. It's like uh, this person up in uh, Mac Hammond's church when I was up there several years ago and I was preaching on uh, uh, the, the covenant of increase and, and the Lord instructed me to lay hands on everybody in the building at the end of the meeting, three, three days. And there's about 2,000 people there and I laid hands on everybody in the building and, and prayed for supernatural increase. And this one man, the following week, came and asked Mac if he could come to his office and give him his testimony about the supernatural increase he'd experienced. And so he did. And, and he told Mac the story about it. And Mac called me and told me about it. He wanted me to know about it. He said this man, his, his parents had, had passed away and they left him some stock that he was told was worthless. So he just, he just put it in a box and put it up in the attic, the paperwork on it, and said, after that meeting, uh, the Lord told him, go up in the attic and get that, that stock out of that box. He said, Lord, I've been told that's worthless. He said, go get it. He got it and he, he investigated it and found out that it was worth a lot of money. And he brought, he brought the church the tithe from it. And the tithe from it was $1.2 million. Amen. So that means he got $12 million from this stock 
that was worthless. Amen. Any, any, any of you got addicts with boxes and stock in it? Get up in the attic, you know. Don't limit God. He may not do it that way for you, but don't put any limitations on God. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's, let's, let's set as our goal, praise God, that it's quite possible. How many of you would say that being debt free would be new territory? Well, why not go for the new territory? Amen. The book of Job chapter 36 verse 11 says, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. That sounds like to me that we, we, we have uh, access to daily prosperity. Annual prosperity. Can you say amen? amen? If that's not the way you're living right now, then set a goal for it. If it is the way you're living right now, then thank God for it and dare believe that he's got new territory for you as well. Amen. Notice it says, if they obey and serve him, if they obey and serve him. And of course, obviously this means faithfully and faithfully means with strict adherence to and strict observance of. And the word strict means not allowing deviation nor compromise and refusing to waver. You know, the life of faith is a life of discipline. That's the reason a lot of people don't like it. It requires discipline. It requires making some firm resolutions, some firm decisions, and then being determined to stick to them. Amen. James talks about the person who wavers. In James chapter one, verse seven, it says, let not that man expect to receive anything from the Lord because he's double-minded. One moment he says, I'm going to do this. The next moment he's looking for another option. I'm going to go with the word. And then he starts looking for another option. I'm going to, I'm going to stick it out. And then he starts looking for the easy route. He's double-minded. And it says, let not that man expect to receive anything from the Lord. So if we want our 2024 to be a year of new blessings, which include promotion, then become resolute in our commitment, become resolute in our obedience and become resolute in our determination to be faithful. Being above only means that you are superior in every aspect. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Superior in every aspect. And one of the meanings of the word superior is elevated above the influence and the power of whatever your adversary attempts to do. Hallelujah. How'd you like to be superior to every influence and all the power of what your adversary is attempting to do? He won't be able to hold you back. He won't be able to keep you down. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9, 
We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. The Passion Translation says, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We're persecuted, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Does that sound like promotion to you? Hallelujah. So we are superior to our adversary. So let's start acting like it. God wants to elevate us above his, our adversary's influence. He doesn't have the ability, nor does he have the right to hold us down and to hold us back unless we give him that right. Ephesians chapter two, verse two says, wherein in times past, you walked according to the course of this world. Notice the key phrase there, in times past. In times past, before you were born again, you didn't have an option. You were under the power of, of, of the adversary. The Passion Translation says, you obeyed the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority. However, if you keep reading Ephesians 2, Paul says in verse 4 and verse 6, but God, which is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, hath raised us up together. That sounds like promotion. Has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? We're no longer under Satan's authority. He no longer has the right to control our lives. He no longer has the right to determine our destiny. We have been promoted. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord thanks for the promotion. Amen. And that's not the only promotion you're going to experience in your life. Promotion in a Christian life is a continual experience. Hallelujah. As long as we are obedient, as long as we are faithful, God will keep on promoting us. Hallelujah. Let me remind you once again of the prophetic word for 2024. If you will be, if you will stay in faith, if you will remain focused on the promises of God, if you refuse, refuse to allow what's happening in the world to distract you, then you will experience progression, uh, advancement, promotion, and your highest expectations shall be fulfilled and you will enter into a new season of blessings. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a great shout over that. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's never forget that God watches how we react and how we respond to what's happening around us. Proverbs 15, three from the Passion Translation says, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere and he takes note of everything that happens. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse nine, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. And the word perfect here does not mean never having made a mistake. It means loyal, committed, faithful. God's eyes are all running to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for loyal, committed, and faithful people. And what happens when he finds them? Notice what happens. Read it. Check Texas input. That's what happens. 
Has the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong, to show himself strong. And who does he do this for? The loyal, the committed, and the faithful. Look at your neighbor saying, I'm one of them. Amen. Psalm 33 verse 18 says, behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. And to fear him is to uh, uh, demonstrate respect and reverence for him. Amen to be obedient to him, to be obedient to his word and people. If that's you, then you can expect some great things happening in your 2024. It's a new season of blessings. Let's give the Lord one more good shout over. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. Promotion time. Promotion time. In Heritage of Faith Christian Center. And anyone else who dares and cares to get involved in it with us, praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift your hands right now and let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've endeavored to lay out this morning what you put in my heart. I I hope I covered everything that you shared with me. And I pray that it has lodged in the heart of every person who heard it. And in Jesus' name, we are determined that we will not allow our adversary to steal it from us. We're leaving here this morning with new vision. We're leaving here with the attitude that our 2024 is going to be a better year than 2023 was. It's going to be a year of advancement, a year of of progression, a year of promotion, a year in which our highest expectations shall be fulfilled, a year in which we will enter into a new season of blessings. And we thank you for it in advance. And Lord, it is my prayer and my desire that everyone in this building and including those that are watching by live stream that they will experience this, that soon and very soon, they will have testimonies of it. They will, they will, they will uh, add to the validity of this happening in their lives when they share it with others. And Father, we're believing in Jesus' name that many that are here this morning and watching this morning and watching this service later on YouTube or whatever, that it will be a year of moving into unexplored territory, territory they've never experienced before. Those that are in debt, may it be their time of being out of debt. And Lord, you're the one who promotes. Only you know what it will take to cause promotion in the way of being out of debt. And so we leave that in your capable hands. And we trust you. You're the God of surprises. You're the God who works behind the scenes. And we are confident that you will be working in our behalf as we continue to stay in faith, as we continue to remain focused on your promises, and as we continue to refuse to be distracted by anything that is happening around us in the name of Jesus of Nazareth.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Lay your hand on somebody next to you and say this, in the name of Jesus, I set myself in agreement with you that 2024 will be your year of new blessings, including promotion in every aspect of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Receive it and give the Lord a good shout. Hallelujah.